They say everyone has a book inside them, and often that's where it should stay. I really can't help but be aghast that the author wants you to pay. But we're just a pair of absolute bookends, you don't want to be like us. So if you want to read, pick some quality literature, rather than this dross. Hello, welcome to Two Absolute Bookends, where we read books so bad you should burn them before reading. This is episode 16. Gerda-based recruitment, and emphatically not ruling alongside me this week is Louis. Hello. This time, we're reading Chapter 12 of The Way the Stars Fall Rebirth by Lewis Stockton. You know, please support the author and all that jazz, yada yada yada. So, it's been a while for us. You know, not only did we have The Eye of Argon, rest in peace Jim Terrace, but, you know... The episode that we that came out last week was recorded before all of that, and that was in like the first week of January. So yeah, it's been pretty much two months since we last read and recorded anything to do with the way the stars fall. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to be back in in the universe of the Ilmarium Imperium, aboard the Tranquility with our good friends uh, Jack Toner and Hollister. Ah, it's 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 good. It's good to be home. As as fun as gallivanting about with Grigna the accordion was, you know, just can't beat a bit of the of the way the stars fall. So, I guess I better quickly go over what was covered in the last chapter of this book, which is thankfully for me, seeing as my memory is slightly fuzzy, despite listening to the podcast like last week when I edited it. But basically, all that happened is they got led to the insurrectionist base by their insurrectionist prisoners. They got introduced to the leader of the insurrection. She punched Jack in the face. Then he he talked to her and they basically wandered around the base for a bit. And yeah, and, and time passed and they fixed up their ship a bit. But yeah, that's basically all that happened. Nothing mind shattering. Yeah, I remember it being quite a boring chapter. Yeah, we, we we still managed to talk about it for more than a fucking hour. Yeah. We have a problem. Anyway, so, so let's see. What what happened in chapter 12? Uh, you know, I guess this, like, immediately cuts the head off the insurrectionist plot in its second chapter. Uh, so we, so the chapter starts with Jack and Toner in Jack's room after a night of steamy lovemaking, which seems to be the norm for them. He gets summoned aboard, like, the insurrectionist base to meet with their commander. Uh, He meets her. She basically offers to rule the universe with him. Uh, Then immediately after, after Jack starts trying to turn that down, someone runs in with a message. Turns out that the Imperium knows where where the base is and hence where the tranquility is and is attacking it. She executes the insurrectionists that led Jack to the base, says she wants Toner, assuming, blaming her for putting out the message as well, and assumingly she would have killed her too. For some uh, reason. Jack- yeah, like, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then, basically, Jack manages to escape in contrived circumstances, and the ship manages to fly away into the distance, and Tiberius is sitting on his ship going... Haha, Jack. Next time, basically. <laughs> yeah, that the ending is very odd. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that's what happened this week. So it's definitely, definitely more action-packed and moving things along. But it did 
like a bolt working with the insurrectionists like before anything came of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and also two when you, chapters. <laughs> yeah, when you say it is action packed, a lot of the action towards the end is just like uh and suddenly they get to the ship. Like the action yeah. is just like <laughs> Like, we won't explain how, because that would be too unrealistic. Let's just say it happened. And now he's back on the ship, and he escaped through all the guards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Probably best to start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we start with... Uh, I quite like the um, the little sub-heading for, for the tit- the chapter title. Your, your worst enemy is not fear, it is yourself. Yeah, I think that's actually quite a smart one for him this week, considering that at the end of it he's being attacked by his alternate universe doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we start the chapter as you said in in the uh, the amazing love story that is Jack and Tona. Yep. So they're staying at the insurrectionist base. I, yeah, this, I'm a bit confused about this actually. Yeah, I th- I think it. What, how is that? They say on their 12th night on their stay at the Insurrectionist Base, I think that means the Tranquility Yeah, because later Cause on... Because they're definitely on, meant to be on board the Tranquility, so far as I can tell. Yeah, because they get, like... Well, Jack, when he goes to visit the commander, get goes down in a... Um, in something. Some sort of... Yeah, in like a shuttle vessel. or whatever. Yeah, yeah so, so I think that's just... A, bit, a poorly constructed sentence in saying that's like the twelfth night they've been like docked there. Because mm-hmm. when I first read it, I did assume that they were like sleeping in quarters on the base as well. But yeah, then as you read on, it becomes clear that isn't the case. Yeah, lying quietly naked in the bed, <laughs> as opposed to being loudly naked. Yeah. <laughs> I like how um, primitive their internal ship communication system is. Like, so it's apparently just like a buzzer on a wall, apparently, which is above <laughs> his bed for some reason. And yet, like, he puts him through to the commander, and they have like some sort of vert, like futuristic Skype conversation. Why is there? Yeah, it's like it's like a speaker on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> for one of their things. Then like then like you know personal video instant instant chat later, and then they have like later on he has like wrist mounted like just verbal communication on his APAG. Mm-hmm. So so why is the intership one so, like, creaky and awful? I mean, that'd be, like, old-fashioned even now, let alone whenever the ship was meant to have been made. Well, the, whenever the ship was meant to be, like, transformed into this new and improved. Yeah, yeah good point, actually. Yeah. Talking of them lying, like, sleeping there quietly naked... I just love this description of Tona's her head resting on his chest, her blood red hair coating his shoulder like a fresh wound. Hot. That that take that's got a uh, a hint of the Eye of Argon. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, that does have weird shapes. In fact, well, I'm pretty sure, like one of the early descriptions of of uh, what's his face, Grigner's hair is quite similar <laughs> to this. Yeah, that's that is a weird coincidence. Now you mention it, I think this podcast might be haunted. <laughs> yeah, Jim Tess. <laughs> uh, what a strange vehicle for his like ghostly hauntings. 
He wanted to haunt someone, but for no one else in the world to ever know about it. So he picked this podcast. Yeah, no one will believe ghosts are real. Yeah, so the woman that like speaks to him on the communication system is Kelly Merton. Yeah, who I who I did a little check. She comes up a lot in this chapter, and once again in the entire book, she is mentioned by name, like nice. many, many chapters later. So not co- not completely dropped. We do get so... a little bit of uh, backstory to her as well. Mm. Um, yeah, the fact that uh, she is apparently a good communications officer, like the best Jack has seen. Yeah, I just want to say, we, we've been introduced to another communications officer by name earlier uh, in the yeah. book too, a guy called Ferran. So say that he's that he's shit at his job, basically. You know, he can't. He's nowhere near as good as Kelly Merton. Wait, so they have two communications officers? Well, remember, you know, the ship's running twenty four hours, so they have like oh. three people to fill every role. So she's like first team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you reckon she must like, be like the A when, team. <laughs> yeah, do you reckon when he rotates them, he has like a first team like across the board, and then like second team will come in, and maybe they'll have like third team at night. Or do you think he like likes to sort of mix them up? I mean, he should try and make. Surely he should try and make them like as evenly balanced as possible. Because the whole point is, is that you know, th- there's no actual day or night in space. You know, and the ship's meant to be running twenty four yeah. hours, so they should be ready to go at any time. I like to think that like different parts of the ship are better than others at different times. Like you might have great communications officer, but the food might be awful, <laughs> and then like. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh shit, I need to contact someone, but we're on a Ferran shift right now. You know, it's only like but... two hours until Kelly's on, I may as well just wait, it'll get there quicker. I may as well wait and eat this great qualm, qualm pie. <laughs> um, and yeah, he apparently picked her, up, picked her up off a Republic cruiser that was found adrift in the middle of two systems. And he had, a, he had personally lifted a girder off Kelly, and to thank him, she joined his crew. Yeah, that that's how recruitment works. That follows. <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, kind stranger. You lifted this girder off me. I am. I will now work for you forever." <laughs> I like how. Uh, I also like how sort of um, sort of cliche it is, like a girder, like the fact that there'd be a girder, like I've fallen over. Yeah. And I can't get back up. Just, and then Jack's I'm just stuck like, under this girder. Jack went into like Hulk mode and yeah, lifted up this massive steel girder, threw it away. Yeah, just I can't help but feel like that. There's a little something missing from this story. Like, why was the ship adrift, and why was it adrift in such a way that like she was she'd been trapped under a girder for an indeterminate time, and they picked her up like. Surely something must have happened to the ship. This isn't standard operating procedure. Yeah, and we can just also... like, okay, put the communications officer under a girder, turn off the engines, and just let's go spinning off into space. We can also... something happened. We can also assume that there were no other men on board this adrift well, ship, or they were just not as uh... they were just not up to Jack's yeah. Herculean feats. <laughs> I was reminded during this the reading of this chapter that we did. Uh, that I was reminded of the difference in the commander's name between mine and your book. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that caught me off guard. Yeah. What is it again? My one's Devon Sharples and yours... Uh, Raven Curswell. Yep. Yep, this is going to be... Thankfully, 
this is the end of the insurrectionist arc, so this is going to stop being a problem for us. <laughs> Thank God. Really? Is this the end? <laughs> uh, spoilers, it comes up very briefly once later in the book. Right. So, but basically, yes. <laughs> That's disappointing. Get used to that feeling. Um, I like how... So, Kelly is telling Jack the message, and uh, apparently she knew Jack did not want to be disturbed. Uh, Everyone knew he had a liking for the scientists, that he had made her an engineer, chief, and science officer, and that she was now living out of his quarters. Like... Yeah. I just love how unprofessional it is. We've said this many times... That, yeah, that's like, just like a list on the nose of just how awful and nepotistic the relationship is. It's like, oh, he took a liking to her, so he made her his engineer chief and science officer. Also brilliant names for, like, roles. You are yeah. engineer chief and science officer. Yeah, also the fact that ev- also apparently everyone knows this. Everyone knows it. It's like, oh, he-, he took a liking to her. She's now sleeping with him, and now she's, like, been made head of these two parts of the ship. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah, they're all they're all fine with that, I'm sure. Yeah, no, no problems. In fact, she hates to disturb him with her. It does seem a bit weird how okay they are with this like fragrant breach of like their commander's <laughs> responsibilities, but yeah. whatever. Also, can't he just have? Can't it? They just be like in a relationship. Why does it have to be this like? Uh, don't disturb me. I'm with my loved one. I am captain of the ship, but don't disturb me. Yeah, I am I am with red wound hair lover. Do not disturb. I am quietly naked, can't you tell? <laughs> oh, of course you couldn't hear me. You are forgiven this time. <laughs> Next time my nakedness will be louder. <laughs> I will scream every five seconds I am naked. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Like, I don't know why. It just made me laugh, the fact that, like, he made a note that the pillow that Tona grasped when Jack wiggled his way out was covered in Jack's scent. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yes, scent. That husky Jack musk. Hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong. It, ju- it just... It is just, it just funny. It just made me smirk. <laughs> would smirk again. Yeah. Scent out of ten would smirk again. I'm not sure what he does, like why he does what he does next. Um, he <laughs> so he goes over to his desk on the other side of the room, and he puts on his flight suit. But he, from what I can tell, he only puts it on like so that it's covering his bottom half, and he ties the arms around his waist. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did he take the call like that? I have no idea. Like that sounds, that sounds more like more work than like pulling on putting the flight it on suit properly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also. If you were, if he was that concerned, like why, why didn't he just like I don't know, grab a pair of pants hanging? Well, yeah, or something? why didn't? Why did he do anything? Presumably, he's showing like, you know, the cam. Well, we later learn that the camera is showing a bit more than he thought it was, but mm. <laughs> like presumably he's he's going to the, you know, the call and it's showing like his top half or something. Yeah, you know? I, I would imagine that he's not just sitting there like groin thrust directly yeah. into camera. But he's meant to be having a conversation with the commander of, you know, this, like, uh, this movement or whatever that is is hosting him. And he's just, like, turning up with his shirt off, like, hey, what's going on? 
Yeah, look at looking like he's come straight from like some fireman's calendar. Yeah. Just like hey <laughs> This is February. <laughs> Jack Hunter in February. Mmm, that's hot. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is a weird, like, middle ground. It's like, you would have thought, if he didn't care at all, he would have just stayed naked and, like, made sure the thing was angled up so it just saw his still naked torso anyway. And you would have thought that if he actually cared about impressions, he would have not turned up with a bare torso. He would have, like, at least put on, like, a shirt or done up his... <laughs> or done up the flight suit or something. The thing is, we do, we do learn that uh, the camera is definitely... Um, sort of angled upwards mm. because it literally says that. It says when it talks about Commander Kurswell's uh, uh, screen, it says her camera must be placed right into the table instead of at an angle like his. Now that is weird. Like, what kind of a placement is that for her, like, camera? She, because it describes it her as staring over the screen. Mm. I just find that a really odd like... Yeah, Set she's up. like just she's just like there, like both her arms on the table, leaning over yeah, it, looking <laughs> down. glaring down into it. <laughs> I actually, when I first uh, like read it, I didn't quite re- read the staring over the screen. What I thought it was was she was just like looking ahead, like, and the view was just from her, like, the bottom of her chin. <laughs> <laughs> I am Commander. <laughs> Ooh. What well, one little thing that that we kind of skipped that I wanted to draw attention to? I like how, like, they feel the need to describe what flashing is. Yes. So it's like, it's like say this thing about the incoming call that Jack's like accepting. It's like the words "incoming call" were printed across the screen with accept and decline touchscreen buttons flashing red to blue and back to red. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put and back to red in case you didn't know what a flashing thing did. Yeah. <laughs> Like, someone's going to be reading it, like, flashing red to blue. Then uh, what? Then how does it red. flash? Okay. Oh, phew. Thank God. There's one plot arc resolved. But then to what from that red? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Supposer. And then he runs his hand through his hair before pressing accept. I don't know why, but that's funny to me. <laughs> I don't know why either. <laughs> I, I I've been known to run my hand through my hair before. It just seems like a, such a weird added detail. Like, okay, I guess so. I guess he wants to look good for Kurzweil. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got the guns out to show up. Yeah. Got to make sure you know the barn. It's not messed up as well, or the right kind of messed up. I don't know what he was doing with his hand. <laughs> then we get uh, a nice long smirk. Pulling its way across her lips. That's nice smirk. <laughs> that nice long smirk. Yeah, I-, I like insurrectionist commander. She's she's given us our first good chuckle vision for a damn long time. Chuckle, chuckle vision, etc. So yeah, in chapter twelve, we not only had two smirks but three chuckles and a laugh. Oh, that's a powerful entry into Chuckle Vision. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I also think they're all her. I think you're right, actually. <laughs> she has fun in this chapter. Yeah, she is. She is like the font of smirks and chuckles here. She was taken away from us too soon in the story. 
think of all the smirks and chuckles we could have had going forward. Could have been beautiful. Um, yeah, and then it's revealed that um, she can indeed see Toner in the background. Uh, you know, she says, "I was lying about... quietly naked in the background." Yeah, <laughs> by by the naked redhead laid just in view of the camera. I believe you have already finished. Oh 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 oh! Ha ha! And then she chuckles quietly, <laughs> and then Jack well. some like presses a button that somehow, for some reason, there is a button that tightens so that the camera just focuses on his face. I mean, I guess that's plausible. It but has sort of like it's a, a zoom or crop on that end as well. I just, I also don't understand why he let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> like why why did he not realize that Tony would be in the background? Uh he I don't know, maybe he thought that it was already like tight on his face. He like, is an idiot. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes, that I mean all of the excuses we have do eventually lead back to that. All roads in this situation lead back to Jack being a fool, but yeah. And then Jack, uh, with a little sense of annoyance, says, Is there a reason you are calling, or or are you just curious about my personal life? Um, yeah, a little sense of annoyance. He wasn't angry that he had, he had to get up. It was the fact that she was peeping in on him. Peeping in on him, I mean, showing her in the background. Yeah, she, like, she, she wasn't specifying where to meet him. I mean, she was probably assuming that she'd catch him in, like, the bridge or something. Yeah, and she <laughs> just certainly wasn't, <laughs> even if he was accepting the call in his room, she probably certainly wasn't accept, uh, expecting, you know, him to, him to be topless and for, like, a naked redhead to be in the background. That's, that's on him. Yeah. Like, if I call you on Skype and, <laughs> and you aren't, you answer naked. <laughs> right, that's not me peeping in on you. Unless you say, <laughs> I am naked. <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> I'm still seeing... I mean, I'm still trying to see how this is leading up to you peeping. <laughs> well, if you said to me, I am naked, and then I call, that's peeping. Because I, I mean, know I'd what still, I'm seeing. I'd still have to accept it, though. I mean, yeah, I'd still but then like you, I guess could you be annoyed it? at me peeping if you accepted it? I mean, I mean, I might be annoyed at your persistence if I was like, "Hey, I'm naked. Give me a minute." Then you just called me immediately. I might be like, "Man, this guy." I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you were trying to peep on me though. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Is that like? I don't know. Well, while I can see that it might get a bit annoying, given like their respective ranks. I don't think it's that unreasonable for these two commanders to touch base like every three hours just to see how things are going on. Like maybe that's a little a little too common and maybe they should have their intermediaries doing more, but I mean I don't think that sounds like beyond the pale or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, like the two commanders of like, you know, a galaxy spanning insurrection and a ship that's apparently powerful enough to <laughs> enough to bring the Empire to its knees. You know, it's like you know, it's it's not unreasonable that they keep communications open fairly regularly, just so you know shit doesn't happen like happens later on in the chapter. <laughs> and also, I mean, we can't assume that they've always had their calls in the room, but 
assuming they've had a call every three hours for 12 days, how many calls is that? It's like... Uh, 48? Yeah, 48 calls in total. Um, You would assume some of them would have been in that room. And so it sort of makes me think, like, again, how has he let this happen? Surely he knows his camera setup and what it would be looking at. I don't know. 96. <laughs> nice. I did think that was quite low. I was I was so confident. Then I realised I was working on a 12-hour day. <laughs> you, you just said, like, a, a number. Just, like, hoping it would be right. Yeah. I got there in the end. It's fine. I'll, I'll edit around it so I sound smart. <laughs> Uh, the joke is you won't, so... <laughs> Meta. You say that, you never actually listen to these. You'll never know. <laughs> um, yeah, and she says to him that there's an urgent matter and that he should come over straight away. Or, no, yeah, once, he, once they've talked about it, then he can go straight back to bed. <laughs> she chuckles again. I miss her. It's funny because he was in bed. How peculiar. (laughs) He was in bed and I woke him up. How humorous. Yeah, that's a good point. If it's every three hours, like, that must get really annoying in the night. Yeah. (laughs) And if she doesn't sleep, like, I'm assuming she's having to, like, set an alarm every, like, three hours, two hours, 45 minutes to do the next call. Because, I mean, I bet she never turns up to the calls topless. Yeah. She's going to be, like, there, perfectly, like, pressed in her uniform. Staring over the screen. <laughs> Glaring down at it. Into Jack's... Can you imagine Jack's walking into her office and soul. she's, like, having a meet, like a call? Just the, what that would look like. <laughs> looking into your desk. <laughs> I'll come back and... later. <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> No, we learned that the guards aren't very good at privacy later on. No. No. <laughs> and then the uh, the commander doesn't stop there with her jokes. She uh, leaves him with a few final words, which are, Oh, do not rush on my account. If you need another 30 minutes, you can have it. This time she laughs. Yeah. She's getting real forward now. <laughs> and then the call just cuts out. I like to imagine, like, all, like noticeably, like, mid-laugh. Like, ha, like, ah, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha, ah. This left Jack with a sour taste in his mouth. Yeah. Not sure about the laughing, or, like, the disturbance, or the urgent matter, but about something. What could it be? Uh, I don't know. It might have something to do with what he was just doing. Basgo. <laughs> 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 oh. Dear. Yeah, and then we have much, much pecking. Yep, but no pecking Mu- can keep Jack from leaving. It made him consider taking the 30 minutes, yeah. but ultimately he decided against it. <laughs> then who'd be laughing? Probably still the insurrectionist commander. <laughs> I just imagine if he did take it up, the offer, for like half an hour, and I imagine until he arrived there, she's just laughing, like to herself. <laughs> Yeah, she'll just be, like, weak from the hysterics by the time he gets there. But yeah, I'm 
I am just struck by in this section where he basically goes over to Tona and like kisses her and explains what's going on. Just the amount of times the word, like the word pecking is used to describe the kisses. Just like almost everyone. It's like she kept on pecking his lips, gave Jack's lip another peck. Peck, peck, peck. Yeah, and she, and not a peck, but he placed a soft kiss on her lip. Yep, her not lip. Not lips, just one, <laughs> just his favourite one. <sighs> and yeah, and I think, like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still not sure quite what an APAG is meant to actually look like. Because no. on his way out, you like, it's like he picked up his APAG's wrist device so so now it's like modular now it now he can just be like i will take my apag watch and you know that it, that can just work on its own i can just unclip that from the rest of whatever the fuck my apag is and put it on my wrist yeah I, and now i have a data pad <laughs> i did think it was sort of a modular system uh mm. but yeah it is it is unclear much like the different ways you can spell it and mm. pronounce it I like the fact that Jack has to... He's trying to find his underwear. And uh, <laughs> he lustfully threw them away. Uh, and then they're tossed over a, uh, a a lamp. I just like the fact that there's a lamp in this <laughs> spaceship. Yeah, I, I like to imagine like a proper old-fashioned... Yeah, old-school like, like, <laughs> like bedside lamp. <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine that because of the pants, it's also been cast in like a big pants-shaped shadow on the ceiling as well this whole time. <laughs> Oh god! Also, very American underwear. Like, I, I guess space is American. I shouldn't be. I don't. I shouldn't be surprised, really. Yeah. Then he just, then he just made his way across on a, on the shuttle. Does it say? Does it say? Um, I, don't it, I don't think it explicitly says. No, he makes it across on some kind of ship. I'm assuming some shuttle yeah. to the insurrectionist base. You know, notes that most of their turrets are like trained on the tranquility in him still. Yeah, nothing much changes. Uh, and then he he actually makes his way to her office, or yeah, her office, and mm-hmm. uh, and then she gives him another jibe, uh, where she says, "I thought you would have finished up before heading over, but you came straight away." She chuckled. I like the fact that Jack seems to have like missed the the double entendre of him coming straight away in this exchange. <laughs> I gave you thirty minutes, but you came straight away. I just like to think he was like, "Oh, you." <laughs> he he ignored the comment about finishing up. It probably went over Jack's head. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, not the sharpest tool in the shed, is he? Yeah, this bit was hard to read, where um, he approached her as she watched him carefully. Not for a second did she remove her gaze from his eyes, as if a hunter tracking its prey. Not for a second did she remove her gaze. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that, that's how you word. And then she does the unspeakable. And calls him by his first name. Jack should have punched her for that. Yeah. <laughs> With a <laughs> fist-like object. Yeah. 
Just like, I need you, Jack. Just like, bang! <laughs> Call me Captain Hunter, bitch! <laughs> and storm out. She would have respected that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like the cut of this captain's jib. <laughs> Jack's jib. I like how they both seem to like dislike chairs. You know, he's got this desk, I'm assuming, with chairs around it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a standing office, but I can't say. I mean, I guess it'd have to be for whenever she wants to make a fucking call on a table phone. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so there's like, there's like, she perches on the edge of the desk, and then Jack perches next to her to talk. So now they've got like two people like sitting on the same edge of a desk, then like, I guess, like staring sideways at each other. Yeah, I don't really get... This, well, I can't really picture it leaning to the side so they could still sit and talk to each other. Do they? I'm just trying to, like, yeah, that's a not that's not an easy way to have a conversation. Yeah, like, you know, not, not standing either side of the desk, like, not actually facing each other, like, not sitting down on an actual chair, just perched on the edge of a desk, like, with their head, with their necks, like, bent 90 degrees so they can talk to each other doesn't sound like the most comfortable way to have a little chat. Yeah, and she uh, puts the idea forward to him that, you know, if they band together, they can take on the Imperium and uh, cripple the Imperator, uh, and leaving those two to rule for themselves. Yeah, I mean, she, she gives a little speech. I need your ship, I need your crew, and I need you. With your ship we can fight the Imperium, take it by the horns and wrangle it to the ground. One blow and we can cripple the Imperator and take command for ourselves. You and I ruling together. Now, the commander smiled, bringing her hand up in a fist to emphasise her little speech. That Jack assumed took a few days to practice before she presented it to a him. A few days? It- it's like it's two sentences <laughs> wow I she mean, must have practiced this just like man that, he's that blown was, away that was good i mean well you say that he he was he was sort of considering it you know he was mulling it over at least yeah he's just like, next damn bit, that that was just wow that's, that that's what that's won me over but it's like I was, like, I was like, what What kind of a public speaker is Jack that he thinks a speech like that takes two days of practice to cook up? <laughs> now, he, uh, as you said, he considers the offer, but then he mm. sort of quite quickly disregards it because he starts spouting stuff about it not being good to rule in pairs, and mm. the only result of a paired ruling is defensive gesture during war. I have no idea what that's supposed yeah. to mean. Many civilizations in the past have fallen thanks to a dual ruling system. Now, I know you're quite a history buff. I mean, well, the Romans did have a history of having, like, two like two consoles, like, in charge, so that it was never in the hands of one single person unless they had to uh, elect a dictator in times of great need. But, you know, while it was a republic, you know, the... I mean, the Senate was technically in charge, but, you know, it would have been headed up by two guys that were, like, in charge of, like, running the main things. So there is precedence for there being two rulers. And, I mean, I I guess the Roman Empire did fall eventually, but by that token, like, pretty much pretty much any historical precedents ruled out because oh yeah it lasted for 500 years but then it fell yeah so clearly so Failure. clearly the two leader system didn't work <laughs> but i mean like yeah i mean it, it's not 
it's not something common. It's generally, it is certainly generally either a single figure or like a big group, like a a big democracy or a senate or something. But uh, I mean, it's it's not without precedent, and I don't know why it's why it's this awful thing he's making out to be. I would have liked if he'd given even a couple of like in-universe examples. I mean, actually, I say that I probably would have given him shit for going on too much if he had. So whatever, but. Yeah, I don't know what he's basing that on, though. I can't think of any historical precedents where having two people, like, caused an empire to fall or crumble or anything. Either way, Jack doesn't like it. Yeah, Jack, he likes to have all the power. But yeah, another thing is, like, I like to think that... I find it weird that he's... that Jack's so confident. He's like, it was true that with his ship, he could take out the Imperium and take it for themselves. How can he possibly know? He has encountered Deep Space Trade Voyage Station, uh, Deep Space Combat Observatory Station 58, which by all accounts was a beaten to shit place when he, you know, that was not like the height of the Imperium's technology yeah. and, and like military. And he's seen this insurrectionist base, like a literal, like behind, you know, like hiding behind the scenes, you know, insurrection. It, it, it's shaped like itself. So how can he possibly know what the Empire's, like, best is? I mean, I'll say, Marwa's spoilers, I mean, he's probably right. The tranquility is OP as fuck. <laughs> you know, we, we get to see that just later on in this chapter. So, you know, probably right. But how on earth can he be so confident based on the minuscule sample set of the Imperium's forces that he's seen so far? Yeah, good point. Yeah, that just annoy me. It's like, come on, Jack. Why are you being so overconfident now? I was just going to say, also, also, going back to the going back to the sort of like mutual ruling thing. That seems to be the main reason he threw it around. It wasn't he. He wasn't sitting there thinking just like, oh well, well, taking over and ruling that would be awful, you know, like imposing ourselves on it as the new leaders. He was like, yeah, but I'm not about that power share though. <laughs> it was like it was like it would be better if it was just me running yeah. it. If I was some sort of I don't know imperator, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I give him shit. He does like to turn it down on for that reason later on. But it was still in the context of a power share. So you know, maybe you know that was him like you know him speaking out and trying to sound virtuous while going in his soul. It's like if it was just me on my own, I could see it, but not sharing with this lady you know sharing my power will only lead to our civilization falling like not even like an empire like civilizations yeah can you imagine though that's, that's uh, so epic <laughs> can you imagine a jack and hollister pairing now that would uh, be now that civilization would prosper it it do a lot better when due to defensive gestures during war jack gets off and it's just an hollister oligarchy <laughs> The oligarchy. Hashtag. <laughs> I want us to change oh. the title of this episode. <laughs> to the oligarchy. It's too late now. It's cool. It's cool. We can we can get hashtag oligarchy trending. That could be the name of the Hollister fan page. The oligarchy. <laughs> we need to be sure we stay clear from the Holocaust. 
Yeah, we, we need to draw a line in the sand that we are not at all associated with that. <laughs> Why do you always keep bringing always it back to the Nazis, Louis? <laughs> always. I just think there should be more podcasts about Nazis. <laughs> well, you, you can produce that one. <laughs> I'm not saying I would be a guest, but you can produce <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is quite adamant as well. Not only that the dual pairing would be a bad idea, but he needs to carry on trying to get his crew home. And then uh, Raven stands up slowly and cups his cheeks and places a soft kiss on his lips. Jack was shocked. He He had expected either a slap or a punch, but not a kiss. Not a kiss. Not like this. Not a kiss. I I love the fact that when she was standing up, he was like, here we go again. I'm going to get hit. Uh, well, I did talk shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, talk shit, get kiss. Yeah. I mean... It's the second time this chapter where his, like, cheeks have been cupped. Not a peck this time, though. No. Soft kiss. No peck. <laughs> Please. There's no peck. Soft kiss only. Yeah, like so. Man, Jack is just like real chick magnet, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he just can't help it. Oh, they just can't help it. It's that Jack scent that he carries around with him. Yeah, I guess his shirt off tactic worked. I mean, yeah, that, that got her all riled up. And once she smelt that Jack Hunter musk, you know, she knew what the future had in store. I like, uh, what are you doing? He asked her as he began to stand. Uh, is that a euphemism? <laughs> in, in my head, it will be now, <laughs> going forward. That the, the rest the, for the rest of this chapter, Jack's just sporting a semi, <laughs> like as he's as he's tackling guards, trying to fly his ship back in. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how he got past the guards. Like he just ran at them, and they were like, "Oh god." Uh, he's got a, the way of that. He's got a weapon. I he's think. got a gun in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> or he's happy to see us. Uh. I, like, I like the idea of Jack back on the tranquility, just like sitting there with like obvious erection, with Hollister just like like making point not to like yeah, make eye contact it. with it. <laughs> with you it. know, just avert his <laughs> eye <eyes>. contact <laughs> with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be myself. Don't stare straight at it. Uh, I love the fact that it was it's a separate entity and like (laughs) has it can make eye contact with Hollister. (laughs) Hello, Hollister. (laughs) Oh my god. Eyes down here, buddy. (laughs) We know who's running the ship really. (laughs) Not this doofus up here. It just comes back to the whole thing of everyone is so, like, inappropriate and uh, just, yeah, unprofessional in this universe. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Jack felt like a mouse being cornered by a cat, apparently. Was this the real reason she had called him over? Jack's confused. She is smirking and encroaching on him. Yeah. Just like a cat does. <laughs> ah, that pussy encroachment. Another euphemism. <laughs> God, 
so many unintended metaphors. I like, and and when Jack tries to interrupt to be like, but I am with Toner. It's like, forget the redhead. I've had surveillance on you ever, all ever since you arrived here. I've had sp- I had spies enter your ship and hack the security system. She's pathetic. I'll, Join. <laughs> yeah, not trying to like gather intel or anything. Just like. God, she's pathetic. How is yeah. how is that a result for hacking? We got the like we've hacked the system. What did you find? We found that the redhead is pathetic. <laughs> like that's all the intel we got. Yeah, there was a file and it said redhead is pathetic. And that that's all that's in the file. Just like Tona Shrike, aka the redhead, opens it and there's like a picture of her with like a red stamp over it that just says pathetic. Yeah, list of people like, that are but, pathetic. And before this brief, before this like meeting, like <laughs> the insurrectionist leader just like looked at the file. It's like yes, pathetic. <laughs> Threw the file away. Forget the redhead. Yeah, like just. How how is this a way to try and win him over? Just like it's like we hacked your ship and we've been spying on you. So join with me. <laughs> join. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we shall rule as king and queen. Now that I have spied on you and found your current partner pathetic, like I, I don't know how she was expecting this to go. Basically, I don't think she planned further than like the next. 30 seconds. I'm pretty sure that she thought, you know, she she had She'd kissed him, him and that'd be it. Yeah. yeah. But she didn't realise who she was dealing with. The resolute character of Jack Hunter. Yeah. Both stalwart and confused in the face of an amorous uh, insurrectionist, I guess. Insurrectionist commander. Mm. But yeah, a couple of things about that like throwaway line, though. How did she? How did she get spies to infiltrate his ship? There's like a hundred and eighty people on there that have been together for a long time. Like yeah. new a- faces would be quite notable. Yeah, and getting aboard it without and like and getting aboard it without being noticed would be quite hard. Like, so I mean, I'm guessing that they did like share some envoys. So I guess. Possibly, you know, like some of the people they sent over to like treat and discuss things and help with repairs were also spies and doing like hacking and spy things when nobody was looking. But it is like, you know, it's, it wouldn't be easy infiltrating that ship. And also, the, you mentioned the hacking, and as you say, apparently the only results is toner, pathetic. Like they don't seem to have done had any useful hacking that they could use when they decide to like turn on the tranquility in a minute. Apparently, all of that hacking and spying gave them nothing for actually capturing the ship, which it turns out they want to do in yeah, a minute. It's it's it almost like, like she was like, "I want you to hack the ship." They're like, "Yeah, okay, that's good. I want you to like place cameras in their room." Uh, okay. Do you want us to find anything else out? No. I just want to see the redhead. Yeah, like, like I hear she has another room. Camera that too, but the important one's the captain's room because yeah. usually she's there. <laughs> she's just she's just there, like leaning over her desk, staring down at the screen, watching the stream of them having sex, just going, cha, pathetic. <laughs> Imagine walking in on that. <laughs> I like how, and then Jack, he, you know, declines the offer, and it says. 
Jack stood up to her and was about to go into a long speech about honour, devotion to one's cause and love. But the office doors burst open. I just love that, like, lazy writing. Like, <laughs> That's like ra- Rather than actually thinking of an inspiring speech, I decided to cut it off before it started. But it would have been... It would have know, been was... the best speech ever. Forget I had a dream. Yeah. Uh, it's like, like, and Jack had it planned out too. He was going to go into a long speech. Not like he was planning on starting a speech. He was like, I know what I'm going to say, and this shit's going to be long. <laughs> Um, yeah, they get interrupted by uh, security officers, apparently, um, mm-hmm. holding a piece of paper. And then I love that the commander takes the paper, and uh, after a few seconds of yelling about privacy and knocking, she starts reading it. <laughs> like, again. Surprised she didn't punch him. Yeah. It's just, it's just again, rather than actually describe, like, I don't know. I just found that funny. Mm. And then she calls in um, the three uh, prisoners that Jack freed from the uh, space station. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is Major Josel. Who I'm sure you remember from, I guess, last chapter when they arrived. Yeah. He was the one that drove him in there. And then suddenly she shoots him in the head. Yeah, there was just a smouldering hole where his forehead used to be. Should have been. I, I was reading from memory. Um, and obviously Jack's quite startled by this. I like this little detail here. It says, uh, Jack took a quick step back as the gunshot finally hit his ears. How far away is he? Like it, it <laughs> He's a mile away. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's like observing this through opera glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he saw him die, and then he heard it. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. He's right next to them. Yeah, like, the sound would have been, like, instantaneous. He he probably would have registered that before noting the guy had a hole in his forehead. Well, in fact, he should have noticed that before yeah. noting he had a hole in the forehead. Uh, yeah. I like how then it says the two other insurre- insurrectionists uh, were beginning to panic. <laughs> yeah, just, something's they were just not a little right bit here. panicked. It was like... Something's a little bit off about this situation. I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like our leader may not be about to, uh, going to discuss something with us. In fact, I may think she may have cracked and has started going on summary executions. <laughs> I'm I'm going to start wriggling a little bit. <laughs> but thankfully, there were several guards stood with a hand on their shoulder to keep them still. Yeah, like just mass underreaction to their friend getting shot completely out of nowhere. <laughs> so apparently they have, they were transmitting signals to the Imperials, and it was a good thing that they had spies on the ship that received it, or we would have never known that they have found us. So not only have they got spies on the Tranquility, but also she has spies on this Imperial ship. Mm-hmm. Um. Presumably finding more useful data than who is who is uh, pathetic on that ship. <laughs> I, I like to imagine they still have a pathetic binder. Yeah, just like Tiberius, mm, not pathetic. Amelia, pathetic. 
Just all the women. She's just jealous. Is that all the, the women ship? on every ship? Is that the ship thing that that she is talking about? Tiberius's. I I don't know. It. I'm guessing it could be any ship in the Imperial Navy. Yeah. I mean, they'll all know approximately where they're going. And then she she kills the other two. And I like how it says Jack was still shot. Like, yeah. Like, the, sh- the shock hadn't had a chance to go down after the first murder. It was still way up there, the shock levels. And then she lets out, uh, your red-headed fuck buddy has also been doing the same. We detected it when she was over here the last time. Mm. Okay. Has she? I, I don't remember that. Uh, that's... That's a bit of a spoiler to explain quite what's going on right. with Tona and, in fact, the insurrectionists here. It's it's. I mean, what? I mean, I'll I'll put it out there, there with a mild spoiler that, yeah, it it isn't Tona's fault basically. Right. That's that's the long and short of it. But she but she did technically send out the signal. His redheaded fuck buddy. He, yep. His pathetic red-headed fuck buddy, who she's totally not jealous of at all. Yeah, you know, like you know, it's just she's pathetic, really. You know, she's like the commander of an insurrection. I like... know, she wouldn't be, she wouldn't be like jealous of red-headed pathetic fuck buddy. I like how even at this point she's trying to like be coy. She's like hand her over to us for questioning, as if Jackson would be like, oh okay. This will be Bitch, harmless. you just shot these three people in the head. Yeah. Like, with I, nothing, like, I'm, surely, wouldn't you want to, like, take them in for questioning or something? <laughs> just to find out exactly what what or yeah. why was maybe, going on. Maybe kill one of them to, like, prove a point and scare the other two into talking, but, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and in that case, she might have found out that things weren't quite what they seem and... That these uh, three insurrectionists were also doing it by accident, what they were doing. Right. So, yeah, so she's just, like, killed three basic, like, people that were, like, taken advantage of. Maybe you could get them for, ultimately get them for, like, incompetence, maybe, but they weren't intentionally selling them out. We actually skipped over something which is worth mentioning, is uh, when they're brought in... um, Mm. They looked in a very confused. They looked very confused at the situation, and from the look of their clothing, it seemed they had been yanked right out of bed, and looked like someone actually beat up by someone. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is sentence. I mean, yeah, it almost works. They looked like someone actually beat up by someone. That's so close to making sense. I do, like. I can. I can taste it, but it doesn't. <laughs> I like to imagine them in like nightcaps, like and like a gown with a candle. Yeah. What's all this? <laughs> I was enjoying a nice sleep. You you disturbed my slumber. Now my nightcap is all askew from the beatings. Um But yeah, unsurprisingly, Jack turned down <laughs> Well, the offer to turn over Toner to keep to keep the alliance going. No, I will never hand over Tona to you. Not after you just callously shot your own men. Jack yelled. <laughs> yeah, like, again, like, he's just so bad at diplomacy. Like, you know, he wasn't even... 
He wasn't even trying to think of a smart way to finagle his way out of it, because we then immediately get Jack's thoughts. He had no weapons, so if she decided he was better off dead, he'd just have to try and make a run for the transport. <laughs> and the probability of that working is probably zero. Practically zero. And I like how zero is capitalised for some reason. Yeah. Big zero. <laughs> practically zero. But not zero. Yeah. But mm. practically zero. But uh, the commander, you know, she's a persistent one. Do as we say, Jack, and I may still ma- take you as a partner. She she repeated, but Jack took a step back. And now, but she don't like that. She's getting proper sundere. She knew what that meant, and she slowly raised her pistol, its barrel still smouldering from the last shot. So, you know, she can't get her bit of Jack man meat. Then ain't nobody, especially not that pathetic red-headed fuck buddy. Mm-hmm. Fire all cannons on the tranquility. Cripple her so we can tack. Tack. Tack, tack, tack. I just like how it doesn't... It's obviously she's been cut off by... Uh... Well, she gets knocked, knocked off her feet. And uh... I'm not... I think... I'm not actually sure what happens. To... I mean, I'm guessing they're getting bombarded... By the by tranquility. The Im- all the Imperials who are also attacking... Like, I'm not sure exactly who's attacking who. It sounds like this has basically turned into a three-way free-for-all right. by this point. So it could be the Tranquility or the Imperium or both attacking the base at this point. And uh, he starts getting a message from Kelly. Kelly, uh... Kelly Merton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just... I don't know why, but it makes me laugh that we get to know their like full names. Didn't get to know Farron's second name. Yeah. Not a good enough communications officer. He was so bad at communications he couldn't get across his surname to anyone. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew it. <laughs> um Yeah, and she tells him that they have Imperian uh incoming Imperial cruisers, fighters and a battle cruiser. What's um, the difference between an Imperial cruiser and a battle cruiser? Yes. I like to imagine that, like, the Imperial cruisers are just, like, the, like basically intergalactic, like, cruise ships or something like that. <laughs> like, entirely not war-ready. Yeah. Swimming pool. <laughs> uh, like or, like, or, like, they're those... I clearly McDonald's... haven't been on a cruise ever. You can tell by my descriptions <laughs> of swimming pool and disco. <laughs> That's what you I know, imagine just... it is, mainly. You know, the the roller swimming disco you have every night on the cruise. Or or maybe they're like those big McDonald themed like religious crafts that they have flying around Imperial Space. Like spreading the word. But I imagine the golden arches. I imagine the Imperial Cruiser is probably a ship more for the um like higher ups in the Imperial and it's less like combat and more a diplomacy vessel or something like that. Possibly. But it would seem odd to have like such important people on a ship that is not ready for combat. Although it'd probably be like patrolled with you know with these battle cruisers. That's what I imagine it to be. Yeah, what if it's is it specifies there is one battle cruiser, but all these Imperial cruisers like there's a lot of those. So that makes it sound like the Imperial cruisers are like the main body of the ships. You know, it's like there's. It's very specific. There is a battle cruiser, 
I have no idea what this fleet's supposed to look like. <laughs> but it sounds shit. Jack basically just says, like, I'm coming for the ship, so hold them back. And he starts running towards several security guards, knocking them over. As mm-hmm. the commander yells, arrest him. I just... um, It's again another case of guards being so inept. Like, yeah. back in the... Back when they were raping Tona. And like... <laughs> Those were the days. And also, going back to the Eye of Argon, the, the guards like being so s- slow at like taking on Grigna. And, mm. and the guards it's... in the, uh, the Prince's Palace. Or yeah. Chateau. <laughs> I miss that book. Seraglio. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, why are they so bad? I'm assuming they're armed. You would have thought so. I mean, like, like they were like ludicrously armed in the last chapter when Jack and his like little little group came over. It like made a point of them all being like heavily armed. Also, she's armed. I mean, I know she got knocked knocked to the ground, but it's not that hard to. Yeah, like why why did not ev- like okay that they their tackling game is weak. They did not do rugby at school. Okay, let's move past that. After Jack gives them the slip. Why are they? Have they not all opened up their guns on him? Yeah, <laughs> on him running away. <laughs> I mean, from what I from what I can understand, you know, it's not like you know he's got like his APAG wrist thing on, which is basically like a data pad. It's like an iPad that he's sellotaped to his arm. So you know, that's not like giving him a personal shield, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. So he should be fucking dead if they all start shooting at him. But apparently not. Don't then, care. I like. And then the next sentence is great. It's just. Jack did not know how he made it to the shuttle. It seemed the insurrectionists were too busy defending themselves from the Imperial fleet, rather than trying to stop him from escaping. I just like how, as we mentioned earlier, it's just suddenly like, uh, and he made it. He made it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we we could have had an action scene describing this dashing and unlikely escape. No, it just happened. Uh, Even Jack doesn't know how. Like everything else, Jack managed to bumblefuck his way towards success, despite having no idea what he was doing. Or the author realised that the escape was so unlikely that he couldn't possibly come up with... He was like trying to think of, like, well, maybe he ducked in... No, no, it wouldn't work. Oh, he just made it. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) God, even Jack doesn't know how he made it. Oh, that was a dicey situation. And, uh... And he does quite a similar thing as well with the flight uh, back, because he's obviously taken like a shuttle from the Tranquility mm. to the base, and he has to get a shuttle back. Somehow, like, somehow they're not stopping him at that point. Surely it's like a manned, like, you know, they check you in and out of the station. Yeah, like, even a... And like even assuming that they did that like their hangar bay is just like this big open like platform or whatever that you can just fly out of without there being like any blast doors or anything else that has to be dealt with. You know, just completely open. You just fly in and fly out, no problem. Even then, what about all of those turrets that he said was like tracking him in yeah. on the way in before? Surely at a time Let's... like this they're gonna be like prime you know, defence yeah. mode. And like, let alone all of the fighters that are apparently trying to take him out as well. But, you know, apparently Jack was one of the best pilots on the Tranquility, so he easily avoided them, even if the shuttle had no weapons. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, like, oh, he also he got back to the Tranquility, because he's best. Also, yeah, best pilot. Well, maybe not best, but one of the best. 
like what 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 role has Jack not like done in his life? You know, he, apparently he used to be an engineer on the Tranquility. Now he's apparently like an ace pilot. You know, he's a tr- he's a trader by trade. You know, like I don't think we've really seen it yet, but later on he like joins combat squads and stuff in fighting. Is there anything he can't do? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It's like he's, it's almost like he's like a completely generic uh, insertion character that can do whatever the plot demands. And then, uh, yeah, he boards the ship and Toner and Hollister are trying to keep the ship together. I like how it's just, it's so like, there's, as you said, there's like hundreds of people on this ship. And yet it's like Toner and Hollister are keeping the ship together. Toner, someone who is literally like never you know, been on this ship since. I mean, I get Hollister. He's he's definitely keeping the ship together. Yeah. It's the fact that it's like, Toner and Hollister are doing it all. Everyone else is like, come on, we're, yeah, what, we're what, here as well. Yeah, what's Toner doing on the bridge? She's like science and engineering. Like, like, I could understand her being like somewhere else on the ship, like maybe helping to like keep the ship, like doing something to keep the shields at full power or in the engine room or something like that. That would make a little bit of sense. But just like there on the bridge, doing what? I'd like she to- has, she hasn't, you know, from what I understand that despite being a mil- in the military, she is a military scientist. There's not really any... Apparently she was taught to shoot by her dad. It's not, she's not supposed to have any combat experience, aside from when the Tranquility was last being fired on when escaping from the Deep Space Combat Observatory Station. So why is she, like, there running the ship in this, like, battle situation? What are her qualifications, other than being a red-headed, pathetic fuck buddy? I'd also like to think that she's still naked. <laughs> <laughs> and Hollister is just, like awkwardly like trying not to look <laughs> as he fixes the ship you know it's bad though when consoles spark and displays glare red yeah red's a bad color yeah mm. hollis is like the screens are red that's bad yeah but it's like weird like uh like you know after you know like jack comes in like you know takes his seat off hollister takes control and then like <laughs> And then they absolutely fuck up the Imperial fleet, you know. They just they just fly out there tearing through asteroids and ships, just like leaving like chaos in their wake. What was what on earth was being fired at the ship that can do this? That can go from being, you know, hold just holding together and having everything in the red to just going whoosh, just tearing through the Imperial fleet with apparently no problem at all. Yeah. What were Hollister and Toner doing in that case? If they're just like, like, was it just the case? Was it like when they were being chased before? They're like, oh yeah, wait a second. Actually, we can fire our guns back. Yeah. We never thought of doing that. And then just suddenly, like, you know, utter wreckage everywhere. It's like, oh, we're, we're safe now. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I would expect it better from Hollister. Mm. He's usually on top of shit. Just like, you know, he was too distracted by Toner having her knocks out, clearly. Also, does your book have, like, double quotation marks uh, instead of apostrophes for Captain's Chair? No, my, mine's mine's right. Mine's just got an apostrophe. And mine's got, a, a, again, later on, for uh, Toner looks shocked at Jack's sudden hate. <laughs> no, no, that's not in my copy. He caught those. 
do you mean he caught those? He added those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mine is the second version. Yeah, yours is the new one. Just because your one's absolutely fucking wrecked doesn't mean it's the older one. <laughs> hey, I love reading this book. And when I read it, I read it. Yeah, you know, you you go deep. <laughs> you read it in a way that, like, is more <laughs> the most intimate reading you've ever seen. I don't read all books like this. <laughs> um, I, and Tona looked shocked at Jack's sudden hate for the insurrectionists. Shocked. But Hollister knew his place was not to ask questions. Like, aren't the insurrectionists firing on the tranquility as well now? Yeah. Like, like I'm really not sh- Again, I'm not sure about this ending, what the hell is going on. Yeah, like... Like did like did the commanders like orders to like start firing on the tranquility? Did they like never actually go out because she was like knocked over and like the imperial forces like took precedence? So like did she never actually start firing on the tranquility? Was it just like immediately at the Imperium? Because like they were trying, they were still trying to shoot down Jack at least. I'm not really sure who's trying to shoot at what. Like genuinely from any side. So the Imperials. Were were they there for the tranquility? Um, they were. Yeah, they were. They were there for both of them. They wanted to take out, like going two birds with like, one stone. Pretty much like going by like the little Tiberius epilogue. You know, he's there. We know he's there to hunt the tranquility. But he's like, well, I can't turn up taking over the the insurrectionist base and like killing everyone you know that's like that's a promotion there on its own and so the insurrectionists are fighting back against the imperials and the tranquility so basically it, the tranquility is just in the middle of this yeah that's what i think's happening i like i say i think it's like just descended into a three way free for all uh-huh. but it's not clear like we know that the insurrectionists and we know that the insurrectionists are definitely fighting the Imperium. We know the Imperium's definitely fighting both of them. It's unclear how, like, the Tranquility and the insurrectionists were, like, dealing with each other during this period. Yeah, I, I, it is made clearer in the last few paragraphs uh, what's going on. It says, as the Tranquility makes its way through everything, Tiberius watched as the Tranquility left the base... He knew he would be able to track it now, so turned his attention to the insurrectionists. He would get promotion just for this. Mm. Yeah. Uh huh. Promotion. Yeah. Um, board the station. Leave none alive. Bring me the commander. So does he want her to be brought alive or dead? Yeah. yeah you know, it's like, like, because you know, instructions there is definitely unclear. An, Here is your dead there commander. There is definitely an in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. I mean, like, in the most accurate reading of his orders, that is what would happen. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, I like that after giving that, he just, like, leans back in his chair, just, like, brings up a picture of, like, the back of the tranquility just to stare at for a minute. Why does he have that pic? Like, where- how was he getting that picture as well? I mean, maybe, like, ship's cameras, he can, like, see the tranquility going off yeah. into the distance. Or... May- or maybe he just like has like a stored picture of it that he just likes to stare at yeah. in moments of calm and like, say captured from the combat observatory and station, s- just like, hmm, that's a fine ship rear. Yeah, he brings up he brings up the image, says, So captain, till another day, wistfully, mm- and then 
no, 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 not again. wistfully, mumbling quietly to himself like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just like, uh... Every, every day, he does this every day, never stops being weird. <laughs> and then shuts it down. Yeah. And... So, so it just brings up this picture for like two seconds, till another day, turns it off, back to work. Where was I? Where am I? <laughs> Who are you? Oh God, it's happening again. And then that's when the chapter ends. And in my book, this is mm-hmm. the first and I think only time where there is just a blank page in the book. <laughs> like so that the that chapter ended on the page on the left, and the page on the right is just white. Nice. I also have a blank page, but mine's on the overleaf page. Uh, I but wonder what's still numbered. I wonder if that's a, a like choice by the author to have a break, you know, like an act break. Like it's it's odd. I don't Yeah, like I don't usually see like a whole blank page like that unless you're unless you're being one of those people that has their book with chapters but then there are like like big sub chunks of your book that are made up of multiple chapters. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like end of part one, then that might be followed by like a blank page. I don't. It's not common to have it just following a random chapter <laughs> with nothing else to like. I mean, thinking about it, like with my foreknowledge of the book, this would be like a good place to put end of act one or whatever. You know. Nice. It, 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 it splits pretty well, you know, it's kind of like the end of an arc and such. End of the short two-chapter two insurrectionist arc. Like, what, what was the point of that? Like, because, again, minor spoiler, so they're basically left just, like, you know, next episode they're just flying around space again, looking around, deciding what to do next. You could have cut out that these whole past two chapters, and I don't see how it would have changed anything to do with the book. Well, we wouldn't know how irresistible Jack is to the Pretty ladies. Much. Yeah, wouldn't have known how pathetic Toner was. But you know, it's like I know it just so immediately comes to nothing. You know, like the first, like last chapter is like, yeah, you're you're meeting this new this new commander who's clearly like a bit unstable but has like full control over her men you know we've got we've been introduced to other people in the insurrectionist camp and they're like talking to their opposite halves you know they're trying to plan you know what's what's going to happen how's this going to go then it's just like next chapter nothing uh imperium invades they all die they are now irrelevant to the plot (laughs) fun Hmm. yeah all in all uh Quite an exciting chapter, actually. Yeah, it was quite quite action packed. Quite a quite a few fun, quite a few fun things happened. It's just, I'm just. It's just I can't help but think, looking back on it, that overall these two chapters didn't last. Two chapters didn't actually add anything to the plot, really. You know, it's just all it did is remove the insurrectionists as a force from the universe, basically. And the only reason they were they were a force in the universe was to get Jack to the insurrectionist base as a place to go. Like, looking at it on a plot level. Like, the insurrectionists, they existed to give Jack somewhere to go after the Deep Space Combat Observatory. And then he got there and nothing happened. And now he's just floating aimlessly in space again. 
looking for something to do. <laughs> like they they could have done something interesting <laughs> with the insurrectionists, but but what little promise there was was just you know shot in the forehead like <laughs> like that poor insurrectionist fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I have to say about chapter 12. Got anything to add, Louis? No, I think that's... Uh, I think we've managed to talk long enough again, somehow. Always. I, what, how and why, I'll never know. I, I wish we'd get a bit better at it, because I have to edit these, but whatevers. Yeah, at least you don't have to listen to them. as Well, you do when you edit them, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I I have to listen to them worse. I have to listen to the version that has all of my verbal garbage, like our noisy, like breathing and clicks that I edit out, like random tangents that I just edit out. That the last one rarely happens, but occasionally I will just be like, yeah, that was that was a nothing. Let's just get rid of that. <laughs> but yeah, well, I guess that's that's been two absolute bookends for this week. Uh, Follow our Twitter, Two Abs Bookends, for generally no updates until I've made a new episode, but sometimes I'll talk shit. Also, if you're a fan of the Mighty Boosh, you're in for a, yeah, we, in for a treat of you. You've got a right treat from the last few weeks, because I uploaded some completely unrelated shit to do with the Mighty Boosh, just because I was bored and didn't want to edit the last episode of The Eye of Argon. So... Uh, enjoy that fun uh, also you know you might want to follow our YouTube channel if you like short clips of the mighty boosh <laughs> I, I, in- I intend to put the Eye of Argon readings up there once I've made some art for them but god knows when that'll be because I am one lazy motherfucker there will eventually be some actual two absolute bookends content on there though one day <laughs> but yeah so follow us on our incredibly inactive social media never forget to support the author and we will see you next time where we'll be reading chapter 13 goodbye see ya